fear that comes up for me a lot is, wow, my audience is going to judge me a lot if I put this out there. My audience is going to judge me if this, or like someone might like make a hate page about me if I do this in my business instead of this. And so I ask myself, okay, is this true? Is there evidence out there? Have I created evidence that this is true? And so that's what helps me determine whether it's a fear versus an actual block. Hey friends, and welcome to the Girl Means Business podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Swalls, a photographer and educator on a mission to help you find your passion, power, and purpose through entrepreneurship. So let's jump right into today's episode because this girl means business. Hey guys, welcome to the Girl Means Business podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. I know we have some new listeners. I've been seeing our download numbers increase, which means that some of y'all are tuning in for the first time today, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the Girl Means Business family. I'm so excited to have you. All right, before we jump into today's episode, I just want to remind you that if you are loving this podcast, if you enjoy tuning in each week and you like the topics and the interviews, if you could just take a few moments to leave a review over on iTunes, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. It means so much to me to re- to read all of your kind words and to hear what you have to say and what you think of the show. So it just takes a couple seconds. If you don't mind doing that, I would really appreciate it. All right, guys, on today's show, I am chatting with Melissa Lynn. Melissa is a former chemical engineer turned successful six-figure business coach. She did a complete 180 in her business life, going against the status quo for her family and just really taking a leap of faith, and it's turned out so well for her. Today, we're talking all about the difference between fears and blocks in your business, We're talking about doing scary things, bold things, brave things in our business that can have really incredible results. And she's sharing just kind of her journey and story along the way, which is a really great one. So I think you're really going to enjoy it today. All right, guys, I'm not going to keep you any longer. Let's get into my interview with Melissa Lynn. Hi, Melissa. How are you today? I'm so great. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for coming on the Girl Means Business Podcast. I'm really excited to chat with you today. So let's start and dive into your story. So tell us a little bit about like who you are, what you do, and kind of your journey to get to where you are now. Yes. Oh my goodness. I've got quite the story. So I'll try and make it kind of quick to the point. So my name is Melissa Lynn. I'm a business coach, not your typical business coach. I have a degree in chemical engineering. Oh, wow. Yeah, not your typical. So I'll definitely go into the background of that. People always see that and they're like, wait, what? That makes no (laughs) sense. Why do you like your job? So I grew up a very traditional route. I'm half Chinese. And so like my grandparents came over from Hong Kong. I kid you not, they barely spoke any English. Like I would go to the grocery store with them when they were younger, like help them at the cash register, all of the things. However, they did know these two words. They knew doctor, they knew husband. It's like that was, what <laughs> I kid you not, that was what success looked like for me. However, I learned very quickly I could not handle blood not my thing at the movies. Like I cover my eyes, can't do gore, can't do any of it. So they settled with engineer. I was always so great at math and science. My parents always pushed me above and beyond with education. Instead of sports, I was taking classes at the college when I was like 11 years old, math classes, science classes, just above and beyond engineering camps when kids were in soccer camp. 
So, so great. Love him so much for pushing me and just creating that work ethic, of course. So I went to college, graduated with a chemical engineering degree, worked my nine to five, kind of in the corporate world, which is more of like a five to five, definitely was worked to the ground. Yep. And I had everything. I had the job. I was almost making six figures. I like had a house. I had a husband, ex-husband now, but like I had all of the things that made me look so happy and successful. But on the inside, all the boxes that you had to have checked, everything. My parents were like, yes, she did it. But I was just so unhappy. I like, I never, I never traveled. I was, I only had a week of vacation every year. Like I had to fight to try and get another week. It was just so crazy. And even if I could leave, like there were just so many things going on at work. Like I was working 12 hour days, 15 hour days, I was commuting an hour each way. I was working weekends. I was on call constantly, like dinner time. I'd be on the phone. I was one of the only engineers at the company I was working at. It was just not what I thought life was going to be. And I I remember sitting down with like my mentor at the time, my engineering mentor, and like he was pushing me to get my MBA, maybe would have maxed at an income of like 150 or 200 if I had worked hard for another five, six years in the field and moved into management. And it sounds like a lot of money, but at the end of the day, it's not nearly enough for what I want to do in this world. Like I'm here to travel six months out of the year, which I'm doing now. Yay. That's awesome. Um, And I'm here to just give to charities and just give back to the community, start my own charity at some point. My, my current boyfriend and I were building a home right now, like in Seattle. It's so cool. Um, but just all of these things, my dream bubble kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But like I had one of two options, either do something different about my income or start to crush my dreams. And there was no way I was going to do that. So I had to do something different about the nine to five. And so this was all starting to happen when I, um, back in 2014. So okay. quite some time ago. I was itty bitty back then. (laughs) I was 24. So it wasn't that itty bitty, but back then when I first started to have these feelings like, okay, what am I going to do? I was really into fitness at the time. So I had people come to me through Instagram because I was doing bikini competitions. Melissa, you look amazing. Can you help me? It's like, ding, ding, ding. Okay. Well, I can help people create an impact on the side and start something. And it wasn't as big of a thing as it is now. Like it's definitely transformed, definitely grown over the last five, six years. So I started coaching on the side, grew that, did that for about three, three and a half years. And then I transitioned to business coaching because I always loved the business side when I was an engineer, it's always pulled into all the business meetings. So I made that transfer. I made that transition, that evolution in my business and started helping women grow their business. Like I was able to with my fitness business. So it's just blown up since then. It's been absolutely amazing. I love what I do. Love my team. Love my clients. And this is just the beginning. Oh, it's just the beginning. (laughs) That's so awesome. I love, I love your story. And I love the, the whole idea of like everything kind of, like we said, you were checking all those boxes that you thought you were supposed to have to be happy and it still wasn't making you happy. And I think that that's kind of the lie that we get told sometimes as we're growing up. And it's that if you do X, Y, and Z, your life will be smooth sailing. And mm-hmm. you had all those things and you still wanted more. You wanted something else. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I can relate to that so for sure. Much so much more. Oh, yeah. Man. Well, and the living small too, like you also talked about the, 
the fact that your dreams weren't being limited, but your income potential was. And when something in your life is limited, then it, it feeds into everything else. And so it's great that you figured that out and were able to find a path to what you love doing now, which is amazing. That's the best thing you can do, in my opinion, is to do something that you're passionate about and that you really enjoy. Yeah. I love it so much. It almost seems surreal some days. I <laughs> yeah. I, I'm like, whoa, okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> so side note, you mentioned that you travel. Where, where's been like your favorite place to travel to? I love this. Oh, I love this. So I definitely have the travel bug. So 2018 was the first time I left North America. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, and so I've been a lot of places since then. My favorite, I would say is probably Japan. I absolutely loved Japan. Bali is pretty close up there as well. Um, I would say those, those two are my favorites outside of that. I really have, I mean, I've been to a lot of places, but I'm still adding to my list. But Do you have like a bucket place, like someplace you're just dying to go that you haven't been yet? Um, I mean, so much of Europe I've only touched on, I've hit Spain and I've hit one small part of Italy. I went to Positano and the Amalfi coast in Capri. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's so much of Italy. I want to see just so much just of Europe. And then I also want to see more of Asia. Just my mom was born in Hong Kong. So probably not right now, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm crossing my fingers at some point, I'll be able to go visit Hong Kong and just all of Asia. Thailand is definitely on my bucket list. Mm-hmm. I want to go and spend a few weeks over in Thailand. So, so many, oh, so many places. I know. I know. It's funny. Like if people ask me something like, what, you know, where would you want to travel? And Australia is one of my bucket list places. I'm dying to go to Australia. But when I really start thinking about it, I'm like, oh, but there's so much to see. Like, and I've got two little kids, so it's not as easy for me to travel, mm-hmm. but I have envision like visions of as they get older, it's, I have two daughters. So I was like, I would love to take girls trips and like we each pick a spot and I take them somewhere and to have that flexibility, to have that freedom. It's just, it's so, it's so huge. I mean, it's a big part of why we do what we do as entrepreneurs. And so do it's you work remotely as you're traveling? Um, yes and no. So, I mean, my business has definitely evolved and really grown over the last two years. So like two years ago, when I first left for the first time to travel, I was trying to like work and I did like two whole days of coaching calls while I was in Spain and I didn't really get to enjoy the experience as much. So I've definitely grown since then. I now have a team. I've got like support coaches. I have VAs, got people who can help me. So I try and limit if I do travel and this will probably change as I start to travel more and more, but I try and limit my coaching calls when I'm traveling but like I can check Boxer, I can check Slack. Yeah. That's so easy to do. Still support my clients, but I try and not book as many coaching calls while I'm traveling, just because the, the time difference too makes right. it kind of tough. Um, but like my clients are number ones, so I will support them if it's needed. And what I see moving forward, if I do go and spend like a month in Thailand or a month here and there, um, I will just have like a whole day. I love batching, so I'll just have mm-hmm. a whole day where it's all coaching calls. That way, I can go out and really explore and enjoy. Yeah. So it's really just learning to be adaptable. That's amazing. Well, that's the nice thing about technology now is like you can do all those things. You know, you've got Voxer and you've got VAs and you've got internet and you've got Zoom, you know, all these different things that make it where you can do whatever you need to do wherever you need to do it, which is incredible. Okay. So from an outsider perspective, it sounds like your trajectory and your business path has been smooth sailing. So let's talk a little bit about some of the the struggles that you've had and specifically about like the, the mindset struggles that you've had. So talk to us a little bit about sort of 
the headspace you've been in different times in your business. You know, we kind of talked a little bit before getting on this, mm-hmm. this interview about just the roller coaster ride of the highs and the lows. Like what have been some of the lows for you? There's definitely every business has lows. You know, that's the one thing about social media is people show the good mm-hmm. and the fun and the easy. There are bad days. There are a lot of bad days. 30 minutes before we hopped on our call, I was like on, with my VA, like having a struggle. We were having technology issues with Zoom and just other things. So things are always happening. I would say, let's start at the beginning. Like when I first started my business, one of the big blocks that I had or big struggles for even starting was just what everyone else was going to think. I was such a people pleaser. I was so worried and so fearful of judgment, rejection, especially from my parents, because they pushed me their entire lives to do this, be successful, engineer, doctor, make us happy. Yay. All of those things. So I think that's probably one of the bigger things. And throughout my business, like once you hit different milestones in your business, like new challenges, new fears are going to come up. But one that's always going to come up is like, am I good enough? Mm -hmm. Like, is this really happening? Am I better than this? You know, will my clients get results? There's every, every step you move, there's a new challenge, but there's definitely themes and ones that come up over and over. Oh, is my launch going to fail? Like, who am I to do this? Am I good enough? Those are big ones that definitely come up. And as they come up, I always ask myself the question, okay, is this a story? Like, is this a lie? Is this true? Um, what is true or what truth do I want to create? Because all of those beliefs, all of those fears, like they're just fears. They're just, they're trying to protect you, trying to keep you safe. But if we don't push through those, if we don't break through those, we are not going to change anything. We're not going to be able to make something new happen. Right. Yeah. Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you've been listening to the Girl Means Business podcast for any amount of time, then you know my love of email marketing runs deep. Not only is it a great way to generate new leads, but it's one of the most effective methods for nurturing warm leads and turning them into sales. Now, over the years, I've tested several email platforms, and my favorite by far is Flowdesk. Not only do they make email marketing simple and easy, even for the technically challenged, but they have everything you need to create stunning emails, capture leads, make sales, and automate the entire process, giving you time back in your busy day. And the cherry on top is you're only charged one flat fee no matter how many subscribers you have. So while other platforms will increase your price when you go over your pricing tier limit, Flowdesk has no price increases or hidden fees. If you're ready to give Flowdesk a try, click the link below in the show notes to save 50% off your first year. Let Flowdesk help you design emails people will love. Click the link below and check it out. I have a feeling you're going to love it just as much as I do. No, so I have two thoughts as you were kind of talking. One is, so how did your parents or your family handle or take the idea of you leaving this path they laid out for you to start your own business and to do what you're doing now? How did that go? So love you, mom. Love you, dad. If you ever listen to this, um, (laughs) I love this question because it's something that I'm still like working through, which Mm -hmm. is like multiple six figures, like seven figures is going to be right around the corner. And it's still a theme that comes up. But when I first left my job, 
I warned my parents. I was like, Hey, this might be happening. This could happen. This will probably happen. Warning, many warnings. And then once I did, I just, I was so scared to tell them. I didn't tell them for two months. I avoided telling them for two months. And then once I did, they were super supportive. However, they'll still mention here and there. So like, Hey Mel, how's that engineering degree? Like, have you talked to like your company? Any, have they reached out? It's like, what's going on? Do you think you're going to take on any other projects? What about an engineering business? It's just, they're so like put on the whole engineering. Love you, mom. Love you, dad. Um, (laughs) But that's what security looks like to them, right? They didn't grow up with this this abundance of entrepreneurs, which we are so lucky to be a part of. Yeah. No, I think that's, and I, even on different scales, I think a lot of people have that. And that's definitely a fear that you mentioned kind of being a people pleaser. I'm very much a people pleaser and I'm an only child. And so my parents, their thoughts and opinions are a big part of what drive me to do what I want to do. And I think everybody who has ever left a nine to five to pursue something completely different than what they were doing. You know, I've got two degrees in education. I have a bachelor's and a master's. I spent a lot of time and money on being a teacher and then left it all behind to start a photography business. So (laughs) it's definitely that people pleaser factor. I think that holds some people back because they do worry about what are, what's my spouse going to think? What's my parents going to think? What's my family and friends going to think, you know? And I still, to this day, it's funny. Like when I post something on social media, I don't think about like, what are the people that I don't really know? Like, what are the masses going to think? It's like, Oh, what is this one friend that I'm thinking of today? Like, what is, what is she going to think if I post this? Is this like going to make her uncomfortable, which is not really how we should look at things, but it's definitely a fear that we have is how are we going to make everybody else feel comfortable with our decision when really it's not, that's not our place is to make them comfortable. No, it's not our jobs, not one bit. And I'm right there with you. It took me a long time to like really work through that and break through that, especially with my family and like my really close friends. And for me, the biggest thing is like really just take a step back and write down like, what is it that you want? Like, what do you want? Ask yourself that question over and over. What do you want? Not what does your mom want? What does your dad want? What's your best friend want? Like, what is it that you want? And ask yourself if the people who you're fearful of judgment, like, do they have that? Like, do they have what you're wanting? So I love you, mom, love you, dad. But like, they just did not have like their, their divorce. They've been divorced for like since I was in college, like they do not have the relationship I'm looking for. They don't have the lifestyle I'm looking for. They don't travel. Love you, mom. Love you, dad. That's okay. That makes them happy. It's not going to make me happy. And so really like look up to those around you who have the lifestyle that you're wanting to create. Take advice from them. You know, anyone who is further than you or is doing big things is not going to judge you for what you're doing right? They're not going to make smirks. They're not going to make anything like that. So really start to think about that as you, as these fears come up, because they will come up. Mm -hmm. I still have it. I had a friend, this is probably about a year ago. Now, one of my best friends from college went through the chemical engineering thing with me and he reached out to me. I was like, Melissa, I don't support you. I think you're crazy for leaving your job. Like this isn't going to work. You're going to end up going right back to your engineering job. And I like, was like, 
okay. Um, cool. Thanks for that. Cool. Um, it's not going to stop me, but that's your opinion. I can't yeah. take that away from you. But then eight months later or so he reached back out. I was like, Melissa, like I am just in awe of what you've created. Like I want to be able to do that too. And so that conversation, that kind of attack from him was a reflection of what was going on in his life. Yeah. He was so upset. He hated his job. So at the end of the day, people can have their opinions. They can have their judgments, but it says nothing about you. Yeah. It says nothing about your business or the life you're wanting to create. So this is about you. And this is all, this is all about the people that you're here to help. Mm-hmm. And so if you're scared to put something out there, ask yourself, is this going to impact and help one person? And if it's a yes, get it out there. And if it scares you, get it out there even more. Oh yeah. No, I completely agree. Yeah. The scary it's you're, you know, you're not going to make changes. You're not going to impact people if you play it safe. Mm-hmm. So you have to get outside your comfort zone. I hundred percent believe that. So mm-hmm. the other thing you mentioned was that feeling of not being good enough. And I think this is a huge fear. A lot of us have, and it comes up in different ways and it shows up at different times and it looks differently at different points mm-hmm. in your business. And it looks differently to different people. But I think the underlying question, or I guess thought that goes to all of our mind is who am I to be doing, you know, fill in the blank with whatever you do. Mm-hmm. And so what, like, how do you handle that when it comes up in your business? You know, you kind of mentioned one thing, which I've touched on in a previous um, episode, which was you ask yourself the question of, is this a story I'm creating? Is it a narrative in my mind or is it truth? Because I think there's definitely two aspects there. You know, there's what we create in our own head about what we think is people are, are saying or what people are thinking of us or how people are, are perceiving us versus the reality of what is actually going on. So yeah. how do you kind of navigate when that happens with you? Mm -hmm. I create so many affirmations. I have so many affirmations every single day. So when that story comes up, I ask myself, is this a story that's actually serving me? Right. Is this serving me? And if not, I rewrite it in a way that does serve me in a way that's also reality. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to, you know, say, am I good enough to hit a million million dollars today? And then rewrite that to, I'm going to be a millionaire today because that's probably not going to happen unless my website crashes and we just get a ton of, a ton of sales, <laughs> not going to happen. Um, but I'd like to rewrite my story and ask myself, like, is this really serving me? And then move forward with that new affirmation and truly believe it though. Like we have to actually believe it. So I like to say it out loud to myself. I will journal those new affirmations. I'll have them on post-its all over and really just remember that you only need to be a few steps ahead. I tell my girls this all the time who are just starting their businesses. They're afraid to get out there. They don't feel worthy enough or ready to coach someone else, but you only need to be a few steps ahead of someone to teach them how to do something. And so keeping that in mind as well. Yeah, no, I I think that's true. I think we forget that a lot of times we think we have to be 10 steps ahead of them when that's not always the reality. And I think a lot of it too comes from looking at people who are further ahead than we are and thinking, well, I'm not there. So who am I to, to start whatever it is I'm starting? Yeah. And I would say like, start to like, listen to your body as some of these feelings are coming up. So if you're scrolling on Instagram and you see me or you see somebody else who's like just way ahead and you start to get like that cringe in your stomach and you're starting to see like, 
comparison. Like you're comparing mm-hmm. yourself to I'm not where they are. Like I'm not good enough. They're so much better than me. That client's going to go and sign up with her instead of me. Like you're comparing and that's not where we want to be. That's not energetically going to serve you. And so we want to remove ourselves from that. So if the person, the people that you're following on social media, if they're not here, if they're not inspiring you, not that, I mean, everyone out there is here to inspire us. So they're not trying to have you compare on purpose. That's not what they're trying to do. But if for some reason you're feeling that in your stomach, then unfollow them, stop Mm -hmm. watching their stories. Like it's okay to take a break from following those people. You want to be creating more than you're consuming and just be in that energetic headspace so that you can be showing up every day for your audience and for the people in your life that you love so much. Yeah, I was just, in fact, it's funny you said that because I was just thinking this the other day. I was going through my Instagram feed and I always go to the stories first and I'm scrolling through the stories and there's this one girl that I follow and she's um, an entrepreneur. She has kind of two different accounts and one is about her home life and being a mom and um, her home decor and the house they've just built in Colorado. And then versus the second one, which is like her business account where she talks about, you know, just the business side of, of what it is that she does. And I get excited for both of those because she is energetic. She's exciting. She gets me energized. I like, I feed off of that. And, um, I, I look at that and I go, okay, this inspires me. And then I start scrolling through and I might come to another one where I'm looking through it and I immediately get that just like, ugh feeling of like, I'm never going to be that good or I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to do that. And I've started to take stock of that. Like I've gotten better about having that radar as opposed to just scrolling and let my, letting my emotions run. I think you have to kind of teach yourself to be cognizant of how you're feeling when you see the things that you're saying, you know, you have to kind of train yourself to recognize the emotions that you're having Mm -hmm. and then realize like, okay, I need to remove this person from my feed or maybe just skip over their stories. You know, maybe their content in their, in their feed is good, but the stories are what get you and Mm -hmm. skip over those, you know, or vice versa or whatever. But knowing how to curate your, what you are consuming makes a huge difference. It really does. And I love listening, like, as you said, like, listen to your feelings, your body. Um, Another thing that comes up for me is if I'm watching someone's stories and instead of a feeling, sometimes I'll think to myself like, oh, I need to be doing that. Oh, I should have thought of that. Oh, I should do this. Once I hear like Melissa, like little Melissa in my head say, (laughs) should, should, should that's another indication of like, okay, I need to stop consuming all of this stuff from this person. It's just comparing. Yeah. So one of the things I want to ask you too, was talking about fears in general. Like I know that it's easy for us to say like fear of failure, fear of not being good enough, fear of what other people think, but there's all these little kind of smaller, more nuanced fears that pop up in business. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes they're hard to recognize. So have, how have you in your business sort of been able to recognize something as a fear versus it being like something that should stop you from moving forward. Cause I think to mm. me, a fear is not something that should stop you from moving forward. A fear is just an emotion that we have that we have to kind of push through. Mm-hmm. Whereas a block in our business or something that's, you know, that gut feeling of like, this isn't the right path for me. How do you differentiate the two? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey photographers, are you ready to make 2024 your best year yet? Growing a business is tough. 
You're following all the successful photographers and experts, soaking up their best advice and downloading all their free guides, trying to replicate their success only to come up lacking, blaming yourself when their methods don't work for you. But the truth is, it isn't you. Free content and one-size-fits-all courses can only get you so far. What you need is personalized help and guidance, but that can get expensive. Well, not anymore. I've created the perfect solution to get you personalized results for less than $2 a day. Introducing the Focus Photographer Lab, a one-of-a-kind coaching membership that gets you one-on-one results for a fraction of the cost of traditional coaching. Inside the lab, you'll find the three C's to success, classes, coaching, and community. With classes, you gain access to a treasure trove of pre-recorded trainings and invaluable resources. With coaching, you get monthly live trainings and Q&A sessions, along with my favorite part, the weekly one-on-one office hours, where we get to address your unique questions and challenges. And then there's the community, where you get to connect with an amazing group of talented female photographers who share your passion, supporting each other and inspiring each other to greatness. The best part is it doesn't come with an expensive one-on-one coaching price tag. You get all of that for just $47 a month. You can even try it for free for 14 days to make sure it's a good fit for you. And there is no contract and no obligation you can cancel at any time. So what are you waiting for? Head down to the show notes and click the link to learn more and get signed up today. And let's make 2024 our best year yet. Yeah, that is such a great question. So when I have something that comes up and I have a feeling it's a fear or I tell myself it's a fear, I start to ask myself and try and create evidence for whether it's true or not. So like, let's say, for example, a fear that comes up for me a lot is, wow, my audience is going to judge me a lot if I put this out there. My audience is going to judge me if this or like someone might like make a hate page about me if I do this in my business instead of this. And so I ask myself, okay, is this true? Is there evidence out there? Have I created evidence that this is true? And so that's what helps me determine whether it's a fear versus an actual block. If it's an actual like block and I have to physically get through it, then like we can put an action plan together for that. Like that's going to be simple. We can put that together. But typically most of the time it's a fear. It's mindset. If it's a feeling that we have, it's a fear, it's mindset. So I ask myself that evidence question, like, is this something that's true or is this something I'm creating? Is this something that I've created evidence for? Has someone else created evidence for me? So I use that as an indicator um, for that. No, I love that. I think that's awesome because I do. I think a lot of times, you know, like I said earlier, we kind of create this narrative in our head of what we think is being either said about us or what we think other people are thinking of us when the reality is that's not the case at all. You know, I think about this with social media. There's so many times that I've talked to entrepreneurs who will say like, well, I don't post a whole lot on social media or I haven't been like open with telling my story or sharing my personal life because, you know, people are just going to think this about me. And I'm like, well, have they actually said that to your face? Because if they haven't said it to your face or they haven't put it in writing on your comments, then it's probably something you're making up in your head. It's just a fear that you have manifesting itself as this narrative that you're creating for yourself. So yeah, I like the idea of like that look for evidence. You have to find the evidence to support it before you 
give it any credibility really. Yeah. Another big one that comes up for me is like, if I get trolled or if I get a hate comment or something like that, it, for me, like I've been very lucky. It doesn't happen too much, but when it does like that triggers me and I'm like, Oh my goodness, my entire audience hates me. Like this is going downhill. My business is up in flames. Like everyone else is going to see this hate comment. Then I ask myself, okay, do all my other clients think this? No. Like do all the other people who are DMing me, you know, thanking me for my podcast episodes, this and that. No. So yeah, that evidence thing is a huge, huge, huge help for me. Yeah. No, I really, I love that so much. In fact, I'm going to remember to like try to ask myself that question next time I start feeling those fears kind of creeping in. (laughs) So do you have any other, like when it comes to your mindset, like you mentioned the affirmations, you mentioned like the looking for evidence. Is there anything else you do? Because I know like for me personally, when I get in that mindset of like, everything is a dumpster fire. It's all like, I'm terrible. Like, you know, you kind of get that downward spiral of like, why am I even in business? Like, this is a, I'm a joke, blah, blah, blah. Like all those thoughts coming through your head. So Mm -hmm. how do you turn that around? Because sometimes I find that for me, it takes me a little while to even like recognize it and see that I'm in that downward spiral. And then it's even harder for me to kind of come back out of it, especially if I've gone down a rabbit hole of it. So do you like, what are some ways you, you get yourself out of that? Yeah. Journaling is a big thing. So I will start to journal different things like thank you, Melissa for, and like all the incredible things that happened that month for me. So reflecting on all of the the big wins or even small wins that I had that month, because what we focus on typically are the bad things. We never focus on the good things, right? When someone leaves a Yelp review for a restaurant, it's always the bad things. We never give credit to the good things. And so I really try and spend time like reflecting on the things that are working because things are working. Your business is not bursting up in flames. Audience, your business is not bursting up in flames. Things are working. (laughs) And so doing that, but then also like just shutting my laptop off getting outside and doing something that helps fill my cup because a lot of the times we'll start to go into that spiral when we're overthinking, we're overcomplicating and we're just in our heads. And so we need to get out of our heads and just drop back into our hearts and go and do something that makes, brings you joy. That's going to help you with that as well. So journaling, getting out of the house, just going on a walk, getting some sunshine here in Seattle, which is rare, but (laughs) try and get out there when you can. Um, Those are definitely some big things. Um, And another thing I love to do is just going back. I have a whole folder on my phone with all of my client wins, like going through if I'm ever starting to go into that spiral, I can go in and remind myself, okay, like this is what I'm here doing. This is the impact I'm creating. These are incredible things my clients are winning. When my clients are winning, I'm winning. So things aren't spiraling. So I love to go through those things as well. Oh, that's a great idea. So I love, I'm not a big journaler. Like I'm more of a talker. So for me, like it's when I have a conversation with somebody and I can kind of talk through those things, mm-hmm. I definitely hundred percent agree with the getting outside, moving your body. Even just today, I post on my Instagram stories about how like I went to the gym for the first time in like two months and I didn't even realize how much I missed it because mm-hmm. I had been in that sort of that low point in my business and just in in general. And I needed that to get me back out of it, moving your body and getting fresh air and getting away from everything makes such a huge difference. Um, but I love the idea of the last thing you said, especially, which is 
the idea of kind of having that almost like a success folder on your, on your computer or somewhere where you can go and you can just remind yourself of all the things that you've done, because we do, we, we focus so much on the negatives and we try to, we want to feel like that our wins have to be these huge things when really it can be something really small that we tend to overlook but that's a success. That's a win. And, you know, we need to celebrate those things as well. And we just forget to do that sometimes. Yeah. I spent my first two years, even three years, like barely celebrating. Now it's all I do. I celebrate all of the time, big, little, small, even if nothing happened that week, I'm still going to celebrate because I'm celebrating for what's to come. Yeah. I love that. That's amazing. Okay. So my last question for you is if you had a girlfriend that came to you and said, okay, Melissa, I'm, I have this idea. I want to start this business what is your number one piece of advice? What would you tell her? Start right now. Start in this moment. Start to brain dump, brainstorm. What's the business that you want to do? Okay, like baby steps forward. A lot of the times people want to start, but then they get an overwhelm. They overcomplicate. Let's simplify. Make things easy. Let's create the compound effect. Start today. If you just don't start today, you're never going to start. Start today and just jot some ideas down. And then tomorrow, jot a few more ideas down. The next day, take a small action item. Start today, right now, in this moment. It's never too late to start, but I want you to start today. I love that. That's such great advice. I, I'm going to like write that down myself too. <laughs> because I think even when you've, after you've already started a business, you have ideas Mm -hmm. of other things you want to do. And you're like, well, I'll wait until this happens or I'll wait until I get to this point. But we need to just remember, like, even when it's not just starting the business, it's starting a part of the business. Mm -hmm. You need to start right away. Yeah. Start, close those loops, get things moving because life is short and there's so many people out there who need you and who get to receive your gifts and really need you to work with. Okay, Melissa, thank you so much for joining me today. So tell us how we can find you, how people can hear more about what you do or just get to know you a little better. Yes, I'm all over Instagram. My handle is the Melissa Lynn, L-I-N. And then my website, it's very simple, themelissalynn.com. I like to keep it simple. Um, Then I've got a free Facebook group community as well, the Fierce Business Babes. Just go onto Facebook, type that in click groups. You'll find us pretty easy to find Um, tons of stuff in there as well. I love giving to you girls just to to all the audiences out there. So that's where you can find me. Awesome. Thank you. And I'll link to all that in the show notes as well. So people can just click and easily find you. Thank you again so much for taking time. I know you're busy. You got a lot going on. So I appreciate you chatting with me today and I look forward to hearing from you again soon. Thank you so much. Have Have a great day. Thank you again to Melissa for spending some time with us today and sharing her story and sharing her wisdom. It was such a great interview and I just absolutely loved chatting with her. Make sure you go follow her on social media, check out her programs and her offerings, and of course, download her freebies. Those are in the show notes down below so you have easy access. And speaking of free resources, I want to remind you of all of the great resources we have over at the Girl Means Business website. If you head over to girlmeansbusiness.com forward slash resources, which is also in the show notes below, easy access for you, you have access to our free marketing guide with five tried and true marketing techniques guaranteed to boost your business, a free branding guide, which helps you to create a brand experience that'll help you get noticed, lead magnet templates, an email welcome sequence templates, and of course the Boss Babe Quiz, which gives you a custom marketing plan based on your unique Boss Babe personality. 
You'll also find a few of our favorite things, such as links to HoneyBook, Flowdesk, QuickBooks, and Kajabi, with special offers exclusive to Girl Means Business listeners. So make sure you head over to girlmeansbusiness.com forward slash resources to check out all of those great resources we have available to you. All right, guys, I hope you have enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in this week, and I will see you back here next week, same time, same place. <laughs>